0: Curious Conversations About Sex is brought to you by Curious Creatures, who run a variety of workshops on self-development and sexuality in Australia. My name is Rog. Today, we're hearing the second half of a round of Q&A between me and three other sex educators. There's absolutely no reason to go back and listen to the first half, in case you're wondering. Uh, There's no crucial plot points in this episode that hinge on crucial details from the first half or anything like that. Um, But again, for transparency, I will say uh, the four of us are enjoying some wine as we record. And uh, even though I've edited out a few tipsy comments from here and there, uh, astute listeners will notice there's a fair bit of swearing and we're definitely getting looser as time goes by. Uh, I'll start and finish the uh, conversation um, with uh, my guests introducing themselves, Uh, so enjoy!
1: My name is Georgie Wolfe, I'm a writer, I'm a Melbourne escort and sex educator, and um, up until pre-pandemic, my job was teaching people how to have really awesome casual sex. And now it's a whole load of other shit. That's okay. And you can find me online at com, um, or on all the socials at outofthehookup.
2: I'm Tamika Wilder. I'm a somatic sex coach, facilitator, mother of two, erotic educator, general all-around fun kind of gal. And you can find me on Instagram, Tamika Wilder underscore, or at Neosoma on Facebook. Mm. Mm.
0: Super. Uh, So my name is Rog. Uh, I run Curious Creatures. Uh, We run workshops and do a funny little podcast and a couple of other things like consent cards Um, based in Melbourne, um, but thanks to uh, coronavirus kind of increasingly all around the world. Um, And we are at curiouscreatures.biz, B-I-Z.
3: My name is Tess and I am an occupational therapist and I specialise in sexuality for persons living with disability, with neurological conditions, chronic illness and oncological diagnoses um, or any family members or friends or lovers of people diagnosed with cancer. Uh, I'm also a facilitator around sexuality. For a company called Curious Creatures. Don't know if you've heard of that. Who Um, (laughs) what?
0: Sounds dodgy. Play party
3: (laughs) host. And yes, thanks to the pandemic. um, Only, yeah, pretty quiet at the moment. But you can find me at connectabletherapies.com or connectabletherapies
0: on Facebook or curiouscreatures.biz. So coming back from the break, uh, we may be slightly more tipsy and now we're basically in food comas.
1: Hmm. Amazing. Your question, Georgie. Oh my God. Okay, I gotta clear that mental image out of my head. I'll <laughs> <laughs> save it for your wank bank, whichever you decide. <laughs> no. Well, it's all the same. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If okay, so imagine you're God. You're like totally mm. omniscient. If you could change anything about sex biologically, what what would you mess with? <gasps> Mm. Oh, this is amazing. you could make one thing different. Got
2: it. Okay. This is me, isn't it? It's mm. you. Uh, th- this is what came to mind first. I'm just going to go with it. Literally, the tongue of uh-uh. a vulva owner like myself comes out. When it comes out, uh, it becomes, like, more, way more phallic and it actually is like a cock in my mouth. <gasps> what? Whoa, I can't even believe it. Yes. <laughs> Like an anime. <laughs> I but
3: love it. Anyone listening right now, oh, our so eyes early, and like...
2: mouths are so wide open. <laughs> yeah. It's like anime. That's what came to my Oh,
3: mm-hmm. Yeah, so like, like hentai, right? Yeah. yeah, yes. Like oh. tentacle oh. tongue.
0: Tentacle
2: tongue. No, that's not. That's when my imagination went. I actually haven't watched a lot of that stuff, but I'll send you some stuff. Yeah.
1: It's out there. That is a and good answer. I have for,
2: a sneaking suspicion that as we go around, I'm going to want to like add things because. Yeah. yeah. You, you
0: can add That was very yeah. impulsive. That's, that, that's yeah. the law. You were first. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a tough Thank spot. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. One
3: of the best things about Q&A though is it's your answer in the moment. Whatever comes to mind is the perfect answer because you can ask the same question again and it's something completely different the next day. Boom. I
1: think that was just perfect
3: full stop actually. Yeah. yeah. I want a tongue cock.
0: <laughs> I think we all want tongue cocks. Yeah. 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 Uh, I would somehow degender sex, so I would somehow redesign genitals so that they were all alike but mm-hmm. with all of the awesomeness they currently have.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So more indeterminate, like in between?
0: Absolutely no difference between, so, so no no binary, polar kind of a thing. And then like the knock-on effects from that also are no gender socialisation or gender roles uh, or gender war, <laughs> um, but yeah, just having yeah, genitals that are uh, like um, equal in all the ways.
3: The first thing that popped into my head was, and I don't know how I'm going to describe this, so it's probably going to be a rambling answer. But um, when you are, in, <laughs> when you're in coitus, <laughs> I can't believe I said coitus. When you're having sex with someone. And it's um, someone that you have a a honest and consenting connection with. The powers that be can recognise this, and so there's like a a um, an energetic password or something, or you you know like you you both click your fingers at the same time, or you do a blinking thing, and then all of a sudden, what you're doing to the other person or doing with them, you can feel. So you can feel yourself fucking that person. So the pleasure that they are experiencing, you get to feel as well wow. and vice versa. So you actually end up becoming this one or like however many of you there are um, is irrelevant. But you can choose those moments and then you can like be one in in the actual erotic pleasurable moment and you can switch like in Sensei. <clears throat> oh, yes, so much yes. like that. Oh, yeah. Best
1: TV series Best ever. Best TV series ever. Apart from the better ones, but, yes, it's up there. <laughs> oh, it sensei. Oh. They have these amazing, like, eight-person oh, yeah. orgies oh. where they're all telepathic, so they're all feeling what everyone else is feeling. Oh, wow. You get yes. to see this. How yes. In terms sure. of TV sex scenes, it's like right up there.
2: Yeah, oh, okay.
3: yeah. yeah, yes. Yes, get your face around that. So that's my answer. And I don't know how it will work and I don't know what it looks like, but I would love and it's also because I would I'm dying, like I would want to experience having a cock and I want to experience mm. the types of orgasms people that have a penis, that type of body mm. have. And so that could be my way of tapping into that unknown experience.
0: Mm. It's like true empathy. Neurological level.
1: Mm, mm. Mm. Georgie. <laughs> so I guess I'm a bit like Rog, but where Rog said indeterminate genitalia, I would like us to be <coughs> like frogs where we can just sort of pop out, whichever ones feel right at the time. Oh. So, you know, depending on the mood, you might have a dick, you might have a cunt, you might have a butthole, you might suddenly have all of them or none of them depending on your mood. And it would be really cool just to be able to sort of switch around depending on the vibe, you know. Mm.
2: That's super cool.
1: The vibe of the Mm. thing. The thing. I'm so on board with this. Mm. Mm.
2: If you could tell your child self an invaluable piece of sex education to carry with them for life that they would never forget and you could just like go back to them and go, okay, this, what would you tell them and why?
0: Trust your body.
2: Insane. Mm,
0: right. Micro- <laughs> <laughs> microphone drops. Yeah, <no>, <laughs> <laughs> just like all, all of the things, like all the all of the times I've um, pushed myself towards situations that I shouldn't, that I like wasn't in the mood for, didn't have the energy for, or whatever else. Just all of them. I could have just like checked in with my body uh, and go with my body over my mind. Um, all of the times where I've like ugh, allowed touch, or I hate to think like given touch that wasn't welcome. Uh, all of those times, uh, my body um, mm. had a really clear read on those things. But it's a it's a skill in learning how to listen to it and thinking that you can trust it.
3: Okay, oh, big mm. question. A little bit. <laughs> Um, not going to be able to be as succinct as Rog. Um, I would say the sooner you can let go of thinking sex is what the media or our culture tells you it is, the sooner you will be happier and you will live a fuller life and you will realise that you there's nothing to be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not the way it's presented, the way you'll find it is going to make you whole. Mm. Oh, mm. good question, Tamika. Georgie?
1: Very similar, actually. I'd say there is no such thing as normal. Mm. Everyone's going around trying to pretend that they're normal, but no one actually knows what normal is because none of us are fucking normal. The number of people that really, really enjoy having exactly the same type of sex for the rest of their lives over and over and never think of anything even slightly out of, considered out of the ordinary, Is I don't even know if that person exists. Like everyone has different um, preferences and different fantasies and sometimes we think about shit that might be a little bit weird or we want to try things that might feel a little bit weird. Like there literally is no such thing mm. as, as a normal sex life and maybe we should just fucking give up on that idea and just do whatever we feel is right for us.
3: I feel like a Mm. normal sex life right now is not talking about it and and not doing it and hating yourself and feeling like there's something wrong with you. I feel like that's not normal It's really hard
1: to pretend that you're fine. And it's really fucked up. And if that's normal, I don't want a bar of it. No. Thanks very much. (sighs) Love and
2: sex are not linked. And you are entitled to, like, body-based pleasure, like... Sex
1: and love. Love you. Oh my sex. god. I wanna high five you again. Hand yeah. right. sanitizers there, go for
2: it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the reminder on top of all of those other bits that everyone's already shared. Yeah. And like so trusting, good. yeah, trusting my body. And there's no normal.
0: Stunning. Nice. Mm. 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 Yes. Mm. Yeah. Love what you're saying. For some reason, it reminds me also that um, if I if trusted my body more, it would have um led me into much more delicious, delightful mm. spots so many times. But, like, yeah, it can crush your body in both directions, forcing it to do things when you're not in the mood for them and also, yeah, not accepting its requests.
3: Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Like, it would prevent so much pain and access so much pleasure if we understood what... That what our reactions meant,
2: like yeah.
3: on our body level, physiologically yeah. as well as
2: physically. And we know that as kids at some point. Yeah. I feel like children are really good at that actually naturally. Yeah. But we coach them out of that in ways that it's just like, sit still, be quiet, don't do that, stop mm-hmm. wiggling, stop daydreaming. God. Yeah. Like stop you crying your pussy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And oh, like humble them with language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where we forget. Oh, Tamika.
3: Mm. Yeah. I don't think about that too much because I'm not a parent, but, yeah, wow.
0: So it kind of flows to my question, well, which is why are you a sex educator? Like we're all sex educators of some Mm. variation or twist. Why are you a sex educator?
3: I was at uni and I was studying, I was, like, doing neurological studies and neuroscience, and I'm so interested in neurological conditions. I work with stroke and stuff. And then I realised that sex was a part of my job because sex is a functional activity. And, I, and I've and i had my whole life of being surrounded by people that just don't talk about it. They pretend it doesn't exist. You know, like my my parents, I grew up watching SBS and, and we didn't hide from the naked bodies, but we would never talk about sex openly. And it's, it's just been, it's just eye-opening because I'm like, wow, this is something that you can really, really talk about. And then I realised that being in the sex-positive community and then starting to facilitate and educate, I actually saw the difference in people's lives it was making Mm. and I saw the difference in my life that it was making. Um, Being a sex educator has helped me deal with rapes. It has helped me deal with uh, extremely long abusive relationships. It has helped me fight cancer um and I'm I'm purpose driven. So feeling the impact that this has on other people's lives, like getting told that Rog, you and I helped cure cure, sorry, we helped alleviate someone's depression mm. because they learned more about their body and they got more confident in themselves because of embracing their sexuality, which was not normal. God, I hate that word. Um so for me it's it's changing people's lives. Georgie.
1: Okay, why why am I a sex educator? (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, so I've always been really interested in sex, like we talked about before. Like I just think it's really interesting and it's an interesting way to find out about people. And I shagged a lot of people when I was younger, but I was just a real dickhead and I had bad social skills. And sometimes I still have bad social skills. I'm super socially awkward, but also just like I was – Total ass, and I was really shitty to people, and I didn't ha- didn't know what consent was or how to you know how to treat people well or any of that stuff. And I had some really bad experiences, um, and that was basically all of my twenties. Like ton- got laid tons, had some really bad sex, treated some people really badly. So a few few things went south really badly, and then um, you know I started doing sex work, um, and that was a whole. New ball game, because you have to learn all this shit. To, to be a good sex worker, you need to know how to say no. Otherwise, you may as well fucking just give up. Like you need to know how to say no when people push your boundaries. You need to know how to talk to people about sex so you don't know what they want. Um, and so I got a bit of a a bit of a like a head start on that, and then I started doing Curious Creatures workshops and actually learning what consent is all about, that sort of stuff, and then realised I'd just been doing it wrong my entire life. And then, and my reaction is kind of like, you know, how can someone get into their thirties and not know this stuff? Why, why aren't we learning this stuff? Because actually, it's pretty basic. Like, it's not fucking rocket science. It's just how to tune into what you want, right? And then it's how to ask for what you want and how to check in with other people to make sure you're not fucking with them, um, you know? And why that stuff is important. And as soon as you learn that shit, suddenly you start having this really good sex and it's amazing. Um, and I just was really frustrated that nobody knew this stuff. So I guess it's more uh, I assumed this job as a position of default just because I was so pissed off that this stuff wasn't getting to the people who need it the most, um, that is, you know, the entire bloody population, mm-hmm. um, but particularly all the young people that mm. I run into on Tinder and stuff like that who just, you know, don't know how to do consent and they don't know how to get a chick off and they don't know how to go, hey, so what are you into? Um you know, they don't know how to have those conversations. So finding a way to sort of try and break that down um, has been really fun
0: mm-hmm. and I just
1: think it's really important. Mm.
0: Much of sex education is consent, huh?
1: Oh, Once you nail that, everything else is just window dressing because mm-hmm. then you can have the conversation, right? Mm-hmm. But we need to know how to have the conversation first. Totally. It's, it's all communication. Communication.
2: Bingo. communication. Right. It's all
3: communication. Right. right. Yeah, you learn anatomy. But then you learn communication, and that's the
1: whole, the actual part. I mean, you don't even need to know anatomy if you know communication. Yeah. Then you're like, how's that for you? Bit to the left, bit down, yeah. bit harder, a bit softer. Like you know, it's it's all. It's just you're off once you know how to ask someone what they mm. want and actually and they give the tell feedback. You, yeah, and yeah. give feedback. You're, that's it. So much, so much better sex. Oh, I'll stop. I'll mm. stop raving now. Rave about this
2: for a long time. (laughs) Yeah, I know. We have (laughs) the feeling we can all talk about this for a long time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I feel that I've had experiences in my life that I believe were because of the shame and taboo and the locking away of the human sexual expression and and the acknowledgement that we are sexual creatures and that we have these needs and these desires and our bodies the way they are and um i actually feel like i'm on a mission just to dissolve shame and taboo like in our in our cultural narratives around sex and it is the dissolving of that shame and taboo that actually will lead to the decrease of things like abuse and suicide and you know misunderstanding one another and yeah, that's, that's what it is for me. You know, I I think of I think of my abuser, actually, when I, I feel into this question of why I'm a sex educator and I think about him as, you know, a 10, 11, 12-year-old and I'm like, what conversations was he not having? What parts of him were not allowed in our society who let him fall through the cracks like we did, you know? So then we arrive as adults and we're underexpressed or we're confused or we're locked up in certain ways and it creates um, behaviours in society that are damaging. And so it's not that it's just damaging somebody who gets assaulted or, or raped or, yeah, abused as a child. It's damaging to actually all the members of society when we shut down these human parts. So I actually just want to bring everything to light and I want, like, any human to be able to talk about it, like, freely and easily and just be like, oh, this is what I'm feeling, this is what I'm thinking, like, um, yeah, and that will affect so many corners of humanity. (laughs) That's how I see it. That's why I'm a sex educator. I've always been able to have hard conversations. I've always been able to sit with the gritty parts of humanity. I'm the person that if a homeless person got on a train next to me and was, you know, drunk and, you know, bleh, spilling shit everywhere and they sat next to me, I wouldn't move. Yeah. I'd sit there. And I feel like that's what I enjoy doing, like, with humans all the time and sex mm-hmm. has that grit and, it, you know, I would like to be the voice for for that, for, like, all the people.
3: Mm. Fuck yeah. Yeah. yeah! Air five.
0: <laughs> mm. Good
3: question. Mm. Great answers. Great
0: question, Raj. Um, for me, uh, it was I was it was around about my mid thirties where I decided to um, like take sex and sexuality and my sexuality seriously. And I feel like having done that and gotten some technical skills and having done the self-development work to become more of a sex-positive person, I feel like it's, it's not quite inevitable but it's only a hop, skip and a jump to, you know, like for me the, my, my first little transition from being interested in sexuality for myself to being a sex, sex educator mm-hmm. was just running a little Skillshare for some friends. Uh, but it was just fun and it went well. And so for a while there I was kind of – my mantra in my head was, oh, yeah, well, I'm just kind of like providing the workshops and the information that I wish I had had access to Mm -hmm. as a younger person or even as an older person, and that's really true. Um, But I think the reason it's uh, stuck on me for like I've been doing this for eight years or something, and it's because – um i realize it has ripple effects and benefits that go way beyond slutty hedonism and there would be no problem if all it was was slutty hedonism but i see that it like like the classic example is you learn boundaries and clear communication in sex and then you find you've got boundaries and clear communication in other areas of your life mm. So I see it as um, it's fine to have just the sex and hedonism as an enjoyable indulgence. And um, <laughs> the gods know I'm not against that, um, but as a as part of a form of self-development and as part of a part of a way for people to get along better and do a better job of sharing a planet. Um yeah it's actually like as someone who's part-time studied psychology for 20 years uh I feel and conflict resolution and group facilitation I feel like sex very squarely fits in as part of my little mission to um see if i can leave the world slightly better than i found it mm. Hey there listener I'd like to make you a little proposal I love making this podcast for free because it helps me spread the word about sex positivity but I could use your help in spreading that word just by sharing this thing if that's not too absurd for every 10 stories that you listen to please recommend it to someone that might like it too <laughs> this is not a real contract course for well, you got no say i would if i could frame it some other way yeah if sharing's not for you that's fine there's nothing to do please listen without guilt to this podcast i built so your, your question test my
3: question what's a plus and a minus about being a sexuality educator
1: Oh, my God, talk about a tough question. Okay, um, so a plus is that I get to hear everyone's fucking stories because as soon as anyone hears that I'm a sex educator, and I'm sure you can all relate to this, they're like, oh, well, actually, let me tell you about this one time that I did this thing. <laughs> and it's almost like a bit of an invitation or like a bit of a red flag, a, a little bit of a like a white flag for people to come and start telling you things. And I understand that sometimes that's not cool and maybe they should ask first. But also I just really love the fact that people go, oh, okay, you're a safe person, and then they tell you their things. Mm. And sometimes their things are amazing. I had one person come to me at a, an event, not a sex event, just a networking event, and, so, and then they were like, oh, you're a sex educator. Let me tell you about me and my husband's swinging life. And she was so conservative, like she was very conservative, wasn't out about it at all, like not at the least bit public, but had this whole other secret life thing going on. It was like, oh, we're having trouble finding the right people. What do you think? We had this big chat and it was amazing. So I love that. I love that it opens up doors for people to have conversations and that sometimes they haven't been able to have those conversations with anyone and they're like, right, great, let's go. It's really cool. Yeah. And the bad thing is that when you go on Tinder dates, And you tell blokes that you've written a book about sex, they often run away. (laughs) (laughs) Quite fast. (laughs) I'm sorry for laughing. It's funny, but it's not funny. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's like, you know, uh, I feel so intimidated right now. I'm like, yeah, you know, deal with it, motherfucker. (laughs) And that doesn't go down very well. But, you know, you've got to sometimes self-select out of those situations, which I do, so... That's the downside. Um, <laughs> How about you, Tamika? Mm,
2: um, <clears throat> Plus side is that I really never, ever feel like I'm at work. You know, and people go, oh, you know, find your thing and, like, you never work a day in your life. I actually mm. feel that now.
1: Mm. Mm.
2: And I'm like, oh, wow, that's the feeling that people mm. talk about.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So that I feel very grateful for that feeling. Um, The downside is being such a polarising topic, I feel that, you know, there are people in my circles like friends and family and other relationships that really start to lose um, kind of access to me in ways that they would otherwise. They, you know, it's polarising. So they're like, wow, I don't know that I actually get to meet out anymore in the way I used to, or like our friendship has changed and our relationships changed and all that kind of thing. That is a downside. Like the more I choose my my voice and my kind of way of being in this career, is like, yeah, things fall away. That that's relatable.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm.
0: Mm. Right, you Raj? Mm. Uh yeah, downside is um no matter how much I think this is about uh, activism and doing something good for the world and teaching people how to communicate and doing better at consent and using sex as, sex as a vehicle for that, um, the people who aren't from this world are just going sleazy, weird, fucked up, sex-obsessed, mm-hmm. self retraumatizing, fucked up piece of sleazy gummy slut shit. Oh, the sex-obsessed <laughs> yeah.
1: thing is yeah. such a
0: shame. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, I'm just, yeah, like, mm. sometimes, like, someone asks you what you do and say so say, oh, I'm a sex educator, run some sex parties, sex workshops, and they think you're coming on to them. Mm. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Gosh. Why else would you talk about stuff like that? Uh, mm. Do we have to put our keys in the bowl? Oh, Stop
3: it. It's not the 60s. <laughs> oh. The people can only
0: see it through the lens that they have and everyone yeah. does this to every industry I don't yeah. think that yeah. we are necessarily like like I guess sex is a particularly taboo particularly polarizing mm-hmm. topic but if you had a chat with architects they would say oh my god clients come in with the most wildly yeah. unrealistic idea of who you are and what you do every profession under the sun has a similar story but um the art and like being seen through that um sleazy, Lens. Yeah. Mm. Uh, good side is um, um, benefits to self, the benefits of being around a whole community of people. Uh, I, I guess it's the, just the, the opposite of what I just spoke about. Like I know it's good stuff. I know it's relevant stuff.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, you know at the end of life when I have to answer to myself of have I used this like sack of flesh well and have I used this combination of cells um uh, like my answer is yes yes
3: mm. yeah well I really jeez I really resonate with all the answers um a uh, uh, not so great. For me, in sexuality work, is the isolation and the loneliness. Um, I have so many people in my life that just don't talk to me about my partners or my work, and my partners are a huge part of my life. They are beautiful people, and even my gender. Um, the work I do, and, yeah, it's really sad. And I love, I'm so grateful for the community. Um, Yeah, being a sex educator, I I don't just want to talk about sex all the time and I'm not going to hit on your fucking partner and I don't want to fuck you. Like it's just a part of life that we work in. Um, So that's really sad for me. I really miss a lot of people. And I've lost a lot of people. I've also gained a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, I really, I really noticed the absence of people being actually interested in me and how I am. Without that part of my life, you know, it's a huge part of my life: work, partners, gender, relationships. You know, that's all sex. And a good thing. Mm. I love seeing people that come to Curious Creatures workshops repeatedly, and I get to see their first workshop and then a few later they come up and they say, wow, like I, I, I've i just put into practice some of those things that you guys recommended and, jeez, man, I had such an amazing experience and, mm. wow, I'm, and then, like, two two months later, oh, my God, like, I'm saying I'm having like really good negotiations with my boss at work and you know and things are going really well and and then just these transformations of people. Um yeah, it's it's absolutely incredible and it's so inspiring. And you know, like helping clients and patients and their partners, you know, post neurological incident connect with each other and realize that they can still be actively loving to each other and they don't have to have that pressure of it being about that one stupid genital focus thing like them being really happy it's like yeah it's so rewarding tear-jerkingly rewarding it is Mm. yeah it's worth the isolation (laughs) your question Georgie
1: Okay. What's something you really love about your sex life right now? Hmm?
0: Mm. Green.
2: (sighs) (laughs) Well, I love knowing, unlike in my teen years, I love knowing my body so intimately and knowing that I trust myself and feeling, like, total congruence in my skin and my heart and my blood and my genitals and my head and everything, just, like, knowing congruence, actually, Mm. Um, that match-up that I never had access to, like, growing up. So I feel, like, really mature in it and really, um, like, I'm choosing. Like, I am at the nucleus of my
0: sex now i'm liking the way creativity and sex goes together so part of it is just in the moment with touch uh like an example that comes to mind is something i like doing is having someone lie down in front of me so i've got access to their back and putting music on typically classical music And just like playing someone's back to the music as if they're an instrument. So that kind of level of creativity and freedom. But it also comes out in role play. So I like knowing someone's psychology and being able to stitch together a scene, uh, complete with like characters and backstories and props and some complicated shit. Mm. Like I'm quite happy to spend hours (laughs) working this stuff out and coming up with some good dialogue that kind of thing. And when it's going well, it just it just feels like creativity. It just feels like artistic expression. Like I've been a musician in the past and the same part of my brain that uh, <laughs> lights up um, when I'm like playing music or being creative in that kind of a way uh, gets to do that during, during sex and actually honestly gets to do it during sex much more reliably, consistently and enjoyably than in any other mechanism I've known. But, mm. Yeah, it's just such a creative expression and it's just, like, so nice to just, like, play and be in that moment.
3: So uh, the C in C19 stands for um, cock blocking. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I ha- I'm not seeing two of my partners and I am now finally seeing one out of a very long period of isolation. Thank fuck for kink and creativity and touch and embodiment and somatic pleasure and, wow, the possibilities are endless. So for me, the best thing about sex right now is the knowledge that I
1: have. Georgie, your answer. (sighs) Okay. What I'm really loving about my sex life right now, I mean, it'd be really easy to say I wasn't because, like, fucking pandemic lockdown bullshit means I can't actually go out and get laid. Like I can't just go out and pick up the way that I'm accustomed to, like all the things that bring me joy in life, a lot of them are not a thing. But what I have been finding is that with the sex that I'm having at the moment, I'm just, I feel so much more comfortable being able to ask for what I want than I used to be. And, like, I'm fully aware that for most people sex has this huge element of fear in it. And it's so nice just to be able to do sex without having to fight off that fear of not being normal or that, mm. that fear of being shamed. Yeah, Ooh. it's a good good place. Mm. Mm.
0: Wow. Q
3: and A. <laughs> Q and a. Sex Q&A. Sex Q&A. Oh, Content. Thank you all. Mm, thanks, gang. All yeah, sex educators you. working to above. That
0: was really fun. So my question is, uh, like, what's your name and what do you do and where do people find you?
1: My name is
0: Georgie Wolf.
1: I'm a writer. I'm a Melbourne escort and sex educator and... Um, up until pre-pandemic, my job was teaching people how to have really awesome casual sex and now it's a whole load of other shit. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> and you can find me online at outofthehookup.com um, or on all the socials at outofthehookup. I'm
2: Tamika Wilder. I'm a somatic sex coach, facilitator, mother of two, erotic educator, general all-around fun kind of gal. And you can find me on Instagram, Tamika Wilder, underscore, or at Neosoma on Facebook. Hmm.
0: Mm. Super. Uh, So my name is Rog. Uh, I run Curious Creatures. Uh, We run workshops and do a funny little podcast and a couple of other things like consent cards. Um, Based in Melbourne, um, but thanks to uh, coronavirus, kind of increasingly all around the world. Um, And we are at CuriousCreatures.biz, B-I-Z.
3: My name is Tess and I am an occupational therapist and I specialise in sexuality for persons living with disability with neurological conditions, chronic illness and oncological diagnoses um, or any family members or friends or lovers of people diagnosed with cancer. Uh, I'm also a facilitator around sexuality for a company called Curious Creatures. Don't know if you've heard of that. Who what? Um, <laughs>
0: Sounds dodgy. Play party
3: host. And yes, <laughs> thanks for the pandemic. Um, only, yeah, pretty quiet at the moment. But you can find me at connectabletherapies.com or Connectable Therapies on Facebook or CuriousCreatures.biz.
0: Curious Conversations About Sex is brought to you by Curious Creatures. We run workshops on sexuality, self-development and relationships and we do this online and around the world. You can find out all about us at CuriousCreatures.biz The best way to stay in touch with us and find out about what we're doing is to sign up to our mailing list, uh, which you can do via our contact page. And while you're there, you might want to check out our famous Consent Cards. This episode was mixed by Aman Dembla. Please remember to share it with anyone you think might like it. Thanks.